Hello and welcome to Dynamics Update. Today we will have a little special uh, edition. We will have an interview. Uh, with me as usual is uh, Gustav Sundblad. Hi Gustav, how are you? Hello, hello you all. I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm I'm fine. I've I've been down with COVID, so uh, I'm fairly okay. Uh, maybe you can hear me it too, on my voice, but, but otherwise yeah. it's it's okay. Yep. Absolutely. All right, good to hear. Yes. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're here because we have a guest today. Could you please introduce yourself? <laughs> Thank you so much indeed. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Bart Bartosz. Uh, I'm the product manager and a consultant of uh, Dynamics for about over 10 years right now. Uh, 2022, so the time flies. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Hello, Gustav. Hello, Johan. It's a huge pleasure to share some some thoughts, some some uh, knowledge we will gain throughout the years. Yes. So you uh, you work at Executive Automates, which which makes it a bit easier to get started because uh, one of the things that that I think a lot of customers have realized once going to Dynamics 365 for finance and operations is that they have tested things before, but not even close to how much they need to test right now because all of a sudden we (laughs) actually need to upgrade uh, the version uh, more or less uh, once a month. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly to the point. Um, So... When you are thinking about the background where Dynamics customers are coming from, especially having in mind Dynamics 2009, Dynamics 2012, um, there was not so much of testing, actually. The um, the overall business was, the testing was executed by the business, and this was actually the task, what they had on the top of pile of other stuff they have to do. And uh, having the occasion to participate in different implementations, I was, you know flooded with, with situations like uh, guys from finance team doesn't want to take, take the testing area because um, they are super loaded now. And this is a significant problem because uh, in very often in implementation sites there are no um, people for testing. Um, <laughs> the 2012 where business was testing and actually the number of releases was actually limited and actually was driven by the organization Right now, it has changed drastically to the pace where Microsoft dictates you where to upgrade. And indeed, that's created massive confusion because um, actually this was the place where, why we decided to create something to relieve um, the tension uh, from the business so they can make a, sort of a bridge where um, they simply give us the knowledge what they want to test and push this to the IT so the IT just can invoke tests over and over without you know communicating with the business without spending so much time on documentation of the processes there's a lot of things you have to have in mind when you when you test and if you don't test enough you're going to promote the production code which will actually which can bring your business so that's mm-hmm. that's critical yeah super interesting and one of the things uh, we have a lot of like topics to cover here when it comes to, to testing and automated it's, it's a very it's a huge topic like you say AX2012, a lot of tests, of course, still. I yeah. mean, they, I, I think 2012 was the first environment where you could really kind of automate a daily heartbeat, um, re- like really, without converting to a lot of scripts. But um, still, the testing part for 365 has to rely a lot on automation. And uh, what, what's your opinion on the difference here with like um, building a full process library as opposed to just building automated tests? From my perspective, it's, 
kind of sometimes it feels a little bit too cumbersome because you have to have keep track of all your processes whereas what you really just want to do is record a, a number of steps and automate them right so what's the difference between like full-blown process coverage and, and automated testing from, from dynamics perspective do you have any opinion on that hmm so you refer also to some kind of a unit test as well, yeah, like from yeah, the developer exactly. stand mm. view. So um, we see that if you would like to do, um, if you if you would like to verify properly from the beginning to the end of the process, if you're mm. gonna uh, focus only on partial elements, you might mm. not discover those which are uh, found when you run in combination. Yeah, and this actually refers to two things. The one thing is that when you are executing your tests in just one singular way, take like a fresh environment, you log in as a user and you do the sales order creation, it might yeah. work, yeah? yeah? But what if there are 100 other users doing the same or similar stuff on the environment? Mm -hmm. Then you are actually triggering number of different methods which can overlap. You can create deadlocks yeah. on the database, you can create massive other elements which can make your system in, can place the system in a very unstable way. So. Uh, this is not only uh, testing on the level of uh, like, uh, you know, um, we can say uh, make very her hermetic or, or just uh, one process on this part tested. Yeah, um, but also, if you are thinking about end-to-end -end tests, mm -hmm. you are able to test um, this from the perspective of the business, how, the, how they actually use it. How they use so, it, yeah. Exactly. Um, Exactly, and this can this can trigger massive other elements, uh, which can at the end uh, create you some some unexpected behavior mm. of the system. Mm, plus the maintenance and uh, additional byproducts, which can which can be a result of end-to-end -end testing, they are infinite. Um, yeah. If you if you think about end-to-end -end tests, you are actually talking about exact business process. Uh, so what, what can you get from yeah. the exact business process? You can get precise description of the process. Mm. Uh, you, you can have in back in the head some onboarding procedures. You can have uh, some learnings. You can have, um, uh, you know, also security we, we talked about briefly. Um, you can think about the organic uh, performance as well. Mm. The way how business is telling you what to test or how to test with the end-to-ends, they are also giving you an idea, a taste of what they actually do in the system. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. one of the things that I, I reflect over when you say this are actually a couple of things. Uh, one of them is actually the thing that you're talking about uh, with the end-to-end -end business process testing. Because one of the problems with, with testing uh, dynamics and FNO is that it's a huge system. There are literally <laughs> billions of things to test. And so, so I'm, I'm actually thinking a lot about this when I, when I do this for customers, that we need to scope the testing. And, and then the business say, no, we need to test everything because we, we can't really release Microsoft <laughs> code into our environment without testing everything. But the problem is, as I see it, is that, I mean, in, in theory, yes, you should test everything. In practice, yeah. not even possible. I mean, it, it's sort of like when you, when you take your driver's license, you always get taught that you every single time you take the car out for drive, you need to go around and check the tire pressure and see that all of the, <laughs> the turning singles are working and the horn is working. You, you won't do that. 
that won't work because that means that you will never get out of the garage anyway. Yeah, I mean the car analogy is always good here to kind of explain what <laughs> what do you need to do or not. But but it, it, it's exactly like... the thing here is that what we are doing in the business are the actual business processes. As long yeah. as those work, we can almost ignore a lot of the other things. But also, I'm I'm also something that that I think is a problem is that. Um, when you talk to, to, to the business, especially AX2012, and especially I, I've been involved in a couple of, of implementation projects for AX2012, where we actually had like a test um, validation system where we just checked off boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, we did this, yeah. we did this, we did this, we did this. What I think most customer doesn't realize is that the point of testing is not to check all of the tests off. The point of the testing is to get them to fail. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Well, two different tests, right? I mean, no, that's, no, no. That's yeah. But, but, the, thing, thing, but right? the thing is, if you test enough, it will break. And that's <laughs> the point. Because when it breaks, sure. you actually find the issues. When it doesn't break, that doesn't mean that it works. Yeah, uh, that's why you have exactly. to have a different mentality to be a good tester. You have to be the one who kind of, oh, what, what happens if I do this? Yeah, but you have exactly, to have that kind of mindset when you test things, right? Because that's what the precise. That's what I was saying is that the only thing that the, that the successful test means is that it works right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, that's actually referring to a pretty nice example we had in the in the past. Um, I didn't actually mention that, but uh, I had the pleasure to visit uh, over 300, 300 uh, sites of the customers around the globe um, in the past five years. And I've seen different crazy stuff where organization with 260 entities across the globe. I, I can't actually tell the name because we are under a lot of NDAs, but um, imagine 260 entities and their test plan was having about 150 test cases. And this was just end-to-end. -end. They, they were huge, yeah? They, they had multiple embedded mm -hmm. test cases. So it means that they relate uh, to very complex process like starting sales, then doing dispatching, and then production, mm -hmm. and then purchasing, master planning, collection letters. Um, also, a lot of things can happen, yeah? Mm -hmm. And they, they had this type of stuff. And... We've seen a company which was like a half size of them, and they they had three thousand five hundred test cases treated. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and referring to that, uh, to what you you had said regarding test everything, this is not agile. And I'm I'm a huge fan lately of Scrum, and we've implemented successfully Scrum. And I see delivering quickly value is one of the benefits of uh, sort of it can give you a lot. Uh, from the flexibility perspective, from uh, from actual maintainability of your, of your dynamics, and I believe in combination of test automation and your dynamics uh, and your Azure DevOps, hmm. you can create a very interesting structure where your test cases can be executed in the area where you prognose, you forecast some potential regression can happen, hmm. and. If you're going to structure your test case, which is one of the criticalities when you start the test automation project, if you're going to build your end-to-end -end map, and uh, we always start with sort of extraction of all of your processes, we are putting them on some aggregation level, like you have dedicated test cases for sales to cash process, or you are placing your processes against modules, 
um, or organization chart. That's actually quite different levels how people are doing that. When you've got your 100% of the scope and mm. you're actually mapping 100% what business does, this means that if those 100% processes works, this means that your business will have the continuity. You will have no downtime. Yeah. So it's all about coverage. Or coverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, not, and, case, and not full coverage. Enough coverage yes. in the main important areas. I mean, what oh, exactly is full coverage, right? <laughs> but the thing is, it the is thing a full is, coverage. The thing is that I usually uh, um, talk to customers about. Uh, I, I differentiate between, and and now we're not into into uh, automatic testing. But what I differentiate about around are implicit testing and explicit testing. I mean, if we are using the system then we are testing it. As long as we have a good reporting solution that tells us when something fails and we actually have the courage to raise it as a, as a severity, then we actually will have to fix it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, 100% coverage goes to 100% of your processes, right? I mean, if, you're, if, you're, yeah. if you know what you're doing, 100% of your business is covering this covering um, should be covered by tests in some way, right? That's what you mean by being able to run agile and smooth deliveries. If you have that, then, then automation comes in. Of course, you could just as well do that if you have a very, very smooth process and a lot of people standing in line to do testing works pretty much in exactly. as well. But the, the, the automation part here is the key component. But I, I understand what you mean, Johan, that the, you, the point is having a smooth reporting system either automatic or making sure that you you kind of catch these um these issues when they occur right testing as a process exactly. as well as as an automated tool you're going to think about that that you've got 3500 3, test cases and from the automatic perspective <laughs> you can think all right i can build a snowball and i can push it rolling and it, actually this should test everything so what is wrong about that but if you're <laughs> going to think about this more precisely how long it takes to run 3,500 test cases, how much you have to maintain, yeah, how exactly. much you have to actually um, extract the critical data from the processes because <laughs> this will be not profitable project. This no, can be exactly. some abstract, can exist in yeah, some organization. It becomes a, like a, an impediment instead. You, you get stopped by it because you have to involve your test team to, to make sure you have test coverage. So that, and that's not the point. It should be an enabler and not the disabler. But Exactly, yeah. Uh, another uh, question for me. I mean, you guys work with um, with um, projects to, to like include test automation, right? So where do you usually come in? Um, is it in the beginning of the project, like um, to, to kind of build the process library to build testing or is it usually like in maintenance or when it's when it's gone live already where do you guys usually come in um we also try to answer this question being frank with you because that's uh that's very quite equal to every uh we don't have like a majority of customers are picking like in in the area where they are after go live um okay. this is like quite quite the same level of course, from the biggest benefit, if you're going to have your automation before your UATs or mm. you're going to create them within the UATs, that's perfect. Yeah. Before the UATs, the processes can change so drastically that the adjustments can be just quite a nonsense. If you have some areas which are quite pure, uh, we can say uh, they align with the standard, you might have some benefit of automating that. Automating that. Mm. Or if you're going to include some standard draw package, of tests, it can actually cover some standard, and you you already have this out of the box. Yeah. 
Um, so that's these are kinds of um, elements which are the most beneficial. But the majority of um, problems where they happen, um, they actually happen after go live because um, the partner which gave the, the push, they went after go live, partner was testing, everybody's happy, product is actually good, dynamics is rolling, and then customer have actually this, this understanding, all right, I, 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 have, I have to upgrade, this is something new, yeah. I, I didn't know that I have to do it so soon. So they they actually start to question right what I what I can do they actually need to, need to test they need to um, they are asking the business if they have time business tells no of course and they are starting to explore for some options sure. um, these are uh, so, some very common things which happen of course it this question is also raised within the implementation when the implementation is bigger and they are planning in a very major way, the budgeting, and they are trying to estimate the, the uh, TCO, the total cost of the ownership of the ERP system. And this question is also coming. So uh, def- definitely there are some majority of big clients which are actually starting in the pre-implementation phase, which which they they have to budget that. But yeah. th- there is a like a uh, quite, quite equal level. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it would be a lot of, make a lot of sense to, to be able to leverage automation as well as answer some like performance tests. Uh, sometimes the product, of course, yeah. has to build kind of the process library first and so makes sense. But uh, do you see a lot of usage for um, for your tool as well as other automation tool for performance testing as well before go live? I mean, uh, not just when you find out you have an issue. Sure. I mean, that's a, that's a nice topic. And um, um, you, you see, there is a application called Perf SDK, the standard tool from Microsoft. And uh, we've participated in multiple sessions, being an AXG inspires a lot of events and talking about the same over and over. Mm-hmm. Lately, we've been in, uh, also on the fast track event, and we see that actually there is nothing coming from the performance perspective, and the Perf SDK is not the ideal solution. Mm. So um, we actually started to do some inside R&D on the test automation because as I was mentioning you, 3,500 test cases. It might sound silly, but a lot of people are reaching over 1,000, which is putting them on the situation where they have to actually test in parallel. So it Mm -hmm. actually puts the test automation service that we provide to enable the users to do the parallel testing. And on some moment, we said, all right, let's see where is our ceiling, how many sessions we can run on the same, uh, on the same system. So um, from the situation, like uh, we went to company in, um, it was quite close to, to London. We went for a quick showcase and they showed us um, their intranet application where they raise tickets, you know. And mm-hmm. every failed request, failed login was actually, um, there was a pop-up message and uh, that message that there was a r- wrong login actually went to the IT department. And the mm-hmm. IT department manager who was responsible for, the, for that area was sitting next to us. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm just being messaged after each of those failed logins. And I said, you know, that's uh, quite uh, dangerous. And, and he said, why exactly? And we actually executed 150 or some, something like that sessions in parallel. We actually uh, created some kind of a DDoS on yeah, that exactly. endpoint. We actually queued the environment. And he said, yeah, right now I see the danger. And this actually gave the birth to our idea. All right, we can run a lot of sessions in parallel. 
we had to actually discover quite a bit of things to to do that on Dynamics, considering mm. number of uh, accounts you have to use, consider some uh, limitations on tier one, yeah, tier, on tier two. Exactly, you have to actually if you want to test on on a real like production level, you still have to kind of get that tier five environment up and running. Exactly, well, so. yeah, tier four or tier five, which is quite expensive. Yeah, but we we were uh, it was quite nice because we were able to find some patients, mm -hmm. uh, some people which wants wants to test this with us. And last year we've done uh, about three or four, actually four performance tests, uh, three on-premises. Uh, one was very nice. It was tier, tier five environment with 12 AOSs, six AOS for business logic calculations, six AOSs for batch. <laughs> and we were able, I would love to show you this, but we were able to max out over half of the AOSs, of course, pra practically all of the business object operations. Some of them, they actually died. Some of the the, the AOS actually the, the number of memory was um, was not uh, equal. Plus, we 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 actually we proved that the load balancing of those AOSs was not properly sort of configured. So there was on the beginning a lot of AOSs which were the just they, they were just jammed, bumped with those transactions, <laughs> and some of them did just started to roll. And uh, the result, you know. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft created a blueprint which gives you the possibility to scale your environment. And the customer actually filled those forms and they were able to prepare this production environment. And it came up that uh, they actually, with the amount of 670 or seven something users in parallel, hmm. they were not able to fit in. So we actually proved that if they're going to go live with that yeah, setup, they will actually issue. fail. Hmm. Very cool. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. That's what you really want to do when you do performance tests, to do actual business operations, yeah. right? To kind of simulate that load. That's what everyone wants before they go live. Exactly. Will the system hold, right? Can we trust it? So and there is a way to do that. But it, the point is that it might be a little bit expensive to, <laughs> to run those tests, right? But, exactly. Um, you, can, you can't hire those 700 people to do on Saturday evening <laughs> the no. same thing. And actually, exactly. you are re referring to a very important thing, you know? Yeah, Most of, of the people are thinking about performance tests before go live, yeah? but the company grows and it is good to do this in the stages when you run 100% yeah. of what you are planning and then scale up 25%, 50% to build mm -hmm. some positivity, some, some idea, what we have to invest or are we on the exact year or so on. Yeah. Plus, if you think about rollouts, they're going to give you a number or significant increase on the load. So mm. the rollouts, um, it is good to also scale them and prepare some, set some testing just before you include the uh, the actual entity. Yeah? yeah, makes a lot of sense, of course. All right, very cool. I mean, how much another like percentage is interesting to know because you always, um, from a testing perspective, we, we encounter on from clients that some are very well prepared, some are not at all prepared. <laughs> a lot of people want yeah. like we want to, and in many cases, specifically for ERP, of course, dynamics, um, you never, you very seldomly have just dynamics, right? You have a number of other systems on that enterprise level. And it always boils down to, yes, we, we can automate this or we can automate this, mm -hmm. but we cannot automate this because we have to get the return message. And you can build it in logic apps. You can use mock APIs. You can do a number of stuff. But again, then someone has to maintain those test cases, right, as well. So, I mean, from a guest point, how, how many end-to-end -end test scenarios um, 
do you usually see? Is it like 90% dynamics and 10% end-to-end outside? And how much is that automated? Is that common or is it just something people want, but they very rarely implement? Mm-hmm. Mm, good question. Mm, from the presented perspective and the statistic, that's that's quite <laughs> hard to say now. Just but um, I think like uh, most of the end-to-end at the end of the day, they're based on uh, FNO. Uh, we can say for mid-size up to the big size, but mm-hmm. not having in mind like those, let's say three or four percent of the of the market. I don't know what is the current number, but mm-hmm. about probably like thirty thousand uh, companies running Dynamics across the globe. Yeah. The last statistics are thirty thousand, but they are from two thousand fifteen, which might be not adequate. <laughs> um, so that that few percent, uh, they actually run in combination of CPOS, so client mm-hmm. po- cl- cloud po- point of services, uh, so mm-hmm. back and front end. Mm-hmm. That's quite nice. And few percent of the implementations we see, they run a full cycle going back to the front. And that's that these are all, all, all the oldest cases, which are end to end. There are a lot of integrations with uh, some internal shops and yeah. uh, sa- Salesforce plus, plus customer engagement. C or slash CRM, um, these are also very common things. And the only problem with CE or CRM is that um, we've been on multiple events and we also are asked, are we handling CRM in a full scope? Mm -hmm. And the problem is that there are actually no tools on the market which are running fully effectively on CE and CRM or C slash CRM because customer engagement is the old CRM. Mm. The, the the problem how it is built and the uh, the iframes a lot of uh, exceptions a lot of technicalities oh, okay. Dynamic values. Yeah, okay. I understand. they are making this very problematic from the reusability perspective and there is a huge demand we are doing a lot of R and D in that in that way but that's uh, that's a quite problematic yeah, but the problem there is kind of doing the recording right the step by step do you also have like support for API like uh, triggering something from I mean, if I do something in Logic Apps, I want to fire off this test yeah. here. That's possible to do as well, right? And that, that, yeah, that's yeah, really, that's, 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 really, that's really cool because then you can have little events, right? That's true. Triggering, yeah. tr- triggering is, is very important. And uh, you've got like a full possibility to call REST APIs, to call mm-hmm. any API or, or actually invoke something from HTTP perspective, like a mm-hmm. HTTP address, which will invoke an end code. Um, and uh, that's a... These are the the best moments, you know, as a product manager, when you see your kid, um, this is definitely the <laughs> relation um, I, I'm feeling with, with my product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaving my kid with the end customer and I coming back to them, you know, after half of the year and I see what they do with the product and I'm just astonished. I, I can't believe that they actually wrote entire code, which is doing something totally unpredictable, which we never even thought of that it is possible. And they were just asking us if this is possible. Can I use this? And we were never, you know, matching that into the big picture of what they want to achieve. And then suddenly we see that they are doing something called RPA, robotic process automation, with the application for testing. Yeah, I mean, I, we actually have a uh, cool. we have a colleague, me and Gustav, who actually because we asked our colleagues today if, if they had any questions they could submit to us, and and he one of his questions was was actually. Is it possible to test against uh, FNO but using OData instead? Because what he thought was that in some cases we just want to validate a value and building it in a total test case with uh, recording and stuff takes a lot of time. But if you already have the, the OData query, 
you can just paste it in and validate the result. Yes, that's possible. And this is something we do and we've seen people are doing. Plus, there is always a system table browser extension you can type as an MI parameter in the system and it just opens up for you something you can filter. So there are multiple options how you can do that. And actually, you can you can download data by the old data into the automation so they can be very, very effective. Uh, but there are also simplified methods. If you think about... Um, if you think about test automation, the very simple thing about like Excel file can solve so many complicated issues that you don't need to use the old data as this is harder to maintain. Yes. Yeah. So and, uh, another very important topic, I'm not sure how much time we have left for this very huge topic on security and role-based, but I, bet, I mean, test is such a big topic. One thing is unit testing. You want to make sure that stuff actually works. Doesn't matter who runs it. We just want to make sure we didn't break the actual logical function of it. The other is, of course, from a regression test perspective, can user X run this every time? That's a different thing for me. I mean, running regression, running unit testing or like daily heartbeats, that's where you want to make sure you don't break anything. But before you go live, specifically yeah. dynamics, you, you have this very, very important business, especially ERP, of course. Uh, so how does, uh, I mean, how does it cut in? Is it, you trigger which user or you connect it to roles? How, how, do you, how is that usually done? You have a set of like roles, role-based testing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a very big question from, from this security perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, probably we can spend an hour talking about <laughs> exactly. that. And I, I, love, I would love to because this is one we'll of the... We'll do a separate podcast on that one, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm on board. Yeah, we'll be happy um, the, the security actually... Um, this actually highlights one nice problem, you know, because uh, very often UATs, the user acceptance this element is done on the system admins. So out of the box, the customer is asking for problems because they are making a situation where they will uh, test with administration account. So they are not testing the security setup and they are deploying on the production uh, application. And maybe before between UATs and production go live, they're going to ask themselves, all right, what kind of roles we need to apply? And they are applying some some mm -hmm. levels which are actually also keeping them on very very high level license because of course everybody m might not know but the license are very uh, yeah. strictly correlated with uh, with the, your security access so um, when we are testing we are utilizing virtual user which are standing for your active directory accounts every active directory account has a specific set of roles they are dedicated to the entity and they've got some specific access Mm, majority of customers, they are starting to use it firstly as a system admin, just to have access to everything, to record everything, you know, to record all test cases, record with, without actually thinking about the security. Mm -hmm. Because also security is, uh, I mean, the, the processes are recorded by the business, so we don't want to disturb so much the business. No. They would, we, just, we just need their knowledge. When we have that, we are able to extract the security or think about the security to build those roles. So the test automation then will be executed on a prepared role, which yeah. will be sufficient, which will be optimized from the different perspective. And then it gives some reliability. But um, yeah, this is this is the way, the way how we how we execute that. But the major problem that we are seeing right now is that actually this is the left last thing you think of from the implementation perspective, or very often actually this is left by the implementation partner. So as the end customer, you need to fight with that. We need to find out what kind of role I need, if this is enough, and the 
people are struggling uh, with not exact access or the owner, the program manager is actually seeing the first invoice from the licenses and they are uh, they are put on the spot to actually respond to why everybody is actually having the the most costful license for the hmm. uh, from the product. Yeah, and I mean, one, has you, have you ever encountered anyone who, who uses the like uh, the our side of test automation tool, your your tool, to kind of find out which role can actually run this process? That's another like perk you could do to kind of um, to tweak your licensing. <laughs> has that ever happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there is a standard mechanism of Dynamics. Mm, that allows you to extract uh, security from task recordings, uh, which is very nice when you start to think about that. But when you go to the details, it came up that it doesn't fit the gap. Mm. It just uh, it's simply not extracting all action items, display items. I mean, not all of the display practically one hundred percent, but not all action items and mm. and um, outcomes are visible plus you are not thinking about form controls and some very advanced stuff which are making the extraction practically impossible on the top of that there is no interface of it which gives you which gives you the possibility to um easy easily understand what kind of security context you can you can build mm-hmm. um in x2012 there was a perfect tool which gives you uh like a starting point uh, and this was called Microsoft Security Development Tool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was using that for multiple projects. We were able to drag down drastically number of licenses um, from the enterprise level yeah. to the lower ones. And customers were happy. We were able to build very nice, precise roles. But in finance and operations, <laughs> we don't have this type of tool. No, exactly. And we are actually <laughs> left behind. There is actually a new feature, which is awesome. We like We like that. The security layer, which is actually a non-code existing security, they are actually based in, in in tables, and they are very easy to transfer from the environments. But this actually okay. creates a massive, uh, you know, massive uh, massive problem as well. Um, uh, and having this in mind, this issue, uh, we created a second second product called Security Setup Wizard, which actually have a combination of features to build the roles. And I can tell you that. Um, in last year, we've done deployment of one of the biggest brands in fashion in Russia. Within two months, a full uh, full development of roles for entire company. Uh, we've done this uh, this year a company which is this is actually super nice. They are they are selling merchandise stuff from Harry Potter, ACDC, <laughs> Motorhead, and any other thing you can think of. They also they also have Star Wars. Okay, and yeah, they nice. are they are super shop. I want to work there and. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know I we, can develop their, develop their security roles any day, not, not a problem <laughs> actually they are ending the project because in one and a half month they've done full release cycle for their uh, roles development so cool. they actually had no roles and after one and a half month with two consultants they were able to build full role security for the organization which is optimized from the, secu- from the licensing perspective that's very nice Cool feature. All right. I mean, I have nothing. I mean, we could go on and on for the testing topic as well as the security topic. Definitely. We kind of uh, want to keep it down, but um, I think security might be a separate podcast, right? You want? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's sure. it's uh, it's time to finish for today. Uh, thank you a lot, Border, for for joining us. Uh, it's been really, thank really you, nice so and a really nice conversation. Uh, and as, as I said, as we said before, I am really hoping that you can join us at some other point to discuss security or uh, something else fun. 
Definitely, I, I, I'm on board. I, I love those conversations, and I love your your guys, uh, your your work, guys. I mean, keep up with that because this is awesome. Thank, uh, you, so thank you so much for inviting. Uh, so yeah, look look forward to have uh, another session. Absolutely, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye all.